Welcome to the Men's Health Unscripted Podcast with Patrick and Cam. We're focused on everything on men's health, looking at your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual well-being. You're going to take care of that and make sure you keep on going. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com, the global leader in men's grooming tools and hygiene solutions. And I know everybody's looking forward to Father's Day coming up. Are you looking for a last-minute gift? Because it is on the 19th, so it's coming around the corner. Get your dad what he really wants, what he needs, Manscaped. Hell yeah. Use the promo code MENSH20 for a 20% off discount on behalf of your boys here at Men's Health Unscripted. What's going on, guys? Pat and Cam here, the Men's Health Unscripted podcast, and we have the legendary, well, we're all doctors now, Dr. Cam, Dr. Pat, Dr. Tara. Dr. Tara is here with us again. And, you know, no offense to our, our other guests, but Dr. Tara is one of our absolute favorites. She's got it all. How you- I don't know if anybody can tell, you know, with the, uh, the amount of appearances you know, alone. <laughs> How you doing, Dr. Tara? Woohoo! Thanks for having me, guys. Always excited to have a conversation with the Men's Health Unscripted Boys. Yeah, you have so many good messages for our guys. And yes, I, I'm all I, about messages for guys. Yeah. <laughs> So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about sexual anxiety today. I know kind of on the last podcast, we kind of dipped our toe in, but we had a ton to talk about and we discussed it a little bit with on your podcast when we were talking about ED meds and different kind of um, sexual function and dysfunction issues potentially. So what is sexual anxiety? And kind of we'll just go through a few things on where it spurs from. Um, just anything surface level area so we can kind of educate our viewers a little bit before we really start diving into these topics. Yeah, sure. Uh, Sexual anxiety is this general feeling of nervousness about an actual sexual encounter or just an anticipation of a sexual encounter. So sexual anxiety, when people think of sexual anxiety, they think of soft dick. They think of like the inability to get an erection when in fact people have sexual anxiety at like a date like on a date, right? Just the anticipation of like, holy shit, like where's this night going? Psyching themselves out and like feeling that general sexual anxiety. Um, sexual anxiety can be divided into two main categories. It's uh, like more situational sexual anxiety uh, or general sexual anxiety or like trait anxiety. So for people that say they have anxiety or maybe they have a diagnosis of anxiety, um, if they're diagnosed anxious person, then obviously that anxiety is, you know, still with you in the sexual situation, a lot of times amplified during a sexual situation. Uh, And that's a tough, that's a tough situation because you have trait anxiety. But the majority percentage, like statistically speaking, much, much, much more men have situational sexual anxiety, which is like it comes and goes, right? So not all the time, not every time, and sometimes very unreliable. Like they may be able to get an erection with certain women and not the others, or some days and not the others, or there might be some type of... uh psychological responses to different uh, situations. Like for example, having sex outdoors can cause that situational anxiety. So yeah, that's kind of the two 
uh, umbrella categories, uh, which is very different, right, from someone who has a test trait anxiety, like a uh, diagnosed versus someone who is not anxious regularly, right, like don't have normal anxiety, but like do feel very anxious sexually. So that's kind of uh, what it is. Very, very common. Okay. And so do you think that, so what are maybe some side effects of sexual anxiety? So are we talking yeah. premature ejaculation, inability to achieve erection? Um, what are some side effects and then maybe some ways to mitigate the anxious yeah. sexual feelings? Yeah, I feel like in terms of like, what are some ways to mitigate? We can probably talk forever about that because there are so many things, but they all revolve around effort like putting in the work. And um, I think we're in a society where, again, like people just kind of want to pop a pill and have a hard dick for the night and not think about it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so it kind of goes back to like, you know, what are some ways to mitigate? I just want to put a disclaimer out there. These are things that you have to put in practice. Like you have to do them regularly, right? But let's see, what are some side effects of having sexual anxiety? Uh, the number one very common side effects is the inability to get an erection. And I mean, one in three men, and I think it's actually more than that, just underreported. But one in three men have experienced uh, it, quote unquote erectile dysfunction or like inability to um, get an erection due to the fact that they were sexually anxious, whether or not it's a trait anxiety or just situational anxiety. Uh, the inability to get an erection, like that's the most common side effect of having sexual anxiety. I would say the second, very close second is um, premature ejaculation. Uh, when you're really anxious uh, and you do have a hard on and you're, you know, engaging in sen like sexual things, uh, you're probably very much in your head and you're unable to keep the erection going without having you know, a climax or without having um, ejaculation. So I feel like at this point, it's either you don't have a heartache or you do have a heartache, but very short amount of time, right? In which both are, for men, um, feel very embarrassing. It's like embarrassing situation. And then the third one, which I think is very harmful uh, side effect of sexual anxiety um, is that, men with sexual anxiety will skip sexual encounters altogether, even skip dating altogether. I mean, I've seen clients that, you know, just say like, yeah, I haven't been able to like go out on a date, even though I'm on Tinder and I'm chatting with these girls and they're attractive, but I like, I don't, I can't get myself to like go see them because I'm afraid we will, we will, it will be like, you know, uh, like good chemistry and then it will, turn out into like a sexy night and then like I just can't get it up or whatever it is so like they completely skip out on dating and sexual encounters altogether and just stay home and masturbate wow which I mean yeah. aside from staying home and frosting those those Doritos <laughs> now you know um, it just sounds ludicrous because who's going to pass up on that kind of event so right. what would cause some of these people to have these these thoughts these feelings you know like what in their life aside from you know personal reasons uh, could be causing this, you know, the root cause for this anxiety? You know, uh, I think the number one cause of sexual anxiety for men is 
their penis size or what you know they think their penis size is as compared to what they've seen in porn right so i mean can i say porn causes anxiety there's it's not like a direct effect porn causes men to think that average penises are huge therefore you know they now think their penis is too small and make them feel anxious so i would say it's like an indirect effect right you can't really say it's like you watch porn you will have sexual anxiety like not all the time not everyone there's a mediating factor of like are you uncomfortable with your penis size already right and then you consume porn where you know every porn star has an eight inch dick at least <laughs> then you're like whoa then i'm really small even if you're like five inches or four inches right um i think i think that like size is the number one cultural narrative that causes men to feel sexually anxious well when you think about it So a like yes porn like we can kind of dive into the porn thing a little bit when you think about it porn can definitely cause a lot of tr different triggers it can desensitize you which is probably a whole another conversation about yeah what that does but it makes have you, you seen that um TED Talk video of, of Gary Wilson no the no. great porn experiment no It's we've the heard brain we've brain activities yeah um, they he measured a bunch of brains uh, of young guys. And it does affect your brain. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, in, in no way in a positive way. Like, <laughs> like let's like let's think about it. Like, you know, while I was in the service, all of us would watch porn all the time, not all the time, but often. And like, mm -hmm. we'd be like together as a group of dudes watching porn in the tent, just because mm -hmm. I was what you do in the Marine Corps. I don't know, but you know, we we're all did it in the watch porn dugout. and jerk off. We did, it, we did it in the baseball. Let's say jerk off. <laughs> uh, you know, and then we're also known as like some of the fiercest fighters, you know, uh -huh, uh -huh. in the world. So it kind of goes hand in hand where I'm sure it definitely rewrites my chemistry and really make an aggression kind of fly off that handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which might yeah. be I, yeah, don't, they... I don't know. I feel like when I was younger, like in my early 20s, I watched a lot of porn as well. Like every time I masturbated, I watched porn. I like pull it up on my phone, watch like a little like a five minute video and like I was done. Right. So like. That time, I also remember quite vividly that when I do have sex in real life, they weren't very satisfying. And I know that there's so many other variables as well, uh, but I do think that like watching porn and like porn stars having fake sex tricked my brain into thinking that's that's the kind of sex I want. Yep. Right. Like that's the kind of intensity, the kind of like penis size, the kind of like all it, it sets up this like fake narrative that we all have in our heads. Yeah. We well, all learn from blowing back society, you know, like everybody <laughs> aimed to blow backs every day. <laughs> Get your back exactly. Exactly. And like, and again, like how stressful is it for men? Right. How well, stressful. Even then, like you have to last a certain amount of time. You yeah. have to, you know, I mean, I guess even like, I think you've talked about it on your Instagram before, like load size is load size uh -huh. important. Yeah. And, and so then they think a lot of people don't realize that they use like fake stuff, like fake yeah. that looks like sperm. Just like when you watch a, I know this is kind of dissociated, but when you watch like a food commercial, like all the stuff on there is prop. Oh, yeah. It's not actually like the burger. Right. Right. And so in porn, a lot of it's 
like, like potentially prop. So you think that you have to have a certain dick size. You have to last a certain amount of time. Your load has to be huge. Like all these variables that go into it that are really desensitizing guys' brains. And then Uh when they actually are with a partner, now that now they have to have that like porn style sex. Yeah. And they're like, oh crap, I can't do that. In right. And A, you're watching professionals. So like, you know, you're not a pro baseball player. Don't try to be right. But you're right. watching a, prof- but then you're also watching actors and actresses. It's like a made up scenario. You know, I would consider myself a good looking guy, but the UPS girl has never been like, hey, big boy, here's a package for you. <laughs> right. You did have somebody offer. Hey, big boy. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to come in here? Let me see your package. Right. So that's like, (laughs) those scenarios are are made up and generally pretty unrealistic. Right, right. I think that's why, like, I'm a a big supporter of ethical porn. Uh, When people ask me, like, do you you watch porn? I'm like, oh, right now I only watch ethical porn. Um, I do think that it will benefit it will benefit young men as well that want to watch porn to watch ethical porn because it's a lot more like um, focusing on realistic sexual encounters. Uh, But yeah, going back to, you know, load size, penis size, how long you can last. I mean, I can't even imagine like having all of these things in your head and having to like perform and, you know, fuck like a stallion or else you're just like me, like you're a mediocre hookup. Like it's, right. it's huge. It's stressful. And the load size situation, I've been reading a lot. I've been doing a lot of like Reddit research <laughs> and I go down that rabbit hole sometimes, but like there are women that do think that a bigger load size um, is more attractive and like is more masculine. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of supplements and stuff out there for that. You know, it it is what it is. But I mean, I I always feel like it's, I'm going to do my best. (laughs) That's kind of how it's like, I'm going to do my best. And I hope that's good enough. Because that's all you can do. I mean, with anything in life, it's not even just about sex, like do your best. Right. And like be present. And I feel like the well, the person on the other end too, like, who knows how desensitized they are, how much porn they watch, like do or don't. And then it's also just a matter of attraction. Like, I feel like if you're really into somebody, you can, you, the sexual experience is just overall better. If you're connected, if it's like a random hookup, there's less connection there. Right. And I think, you know, I think in, at least in my experience, like first time, like hookups or like just kind of one time hookups, which I haven't had like a ton of, but it's still like, it's not as good than when you're with somebody mm-hmm. and you learn their body and you can just, and you can fully explore without like judgment, things like that. Oh, 100%. Like I completely agree with that. I do think that it takes time to learn your partner's body and also like what they like and dislike in, during sex. So yeah, like you can have a fun one night stand and I've had them and you know, it was how would I explain it? It was fun, but I wouldn't say it was the best sex of my life. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like the best sex of my life that is now with my partner that I've been with for, you know, a couple of years. And it took time to like learn about each other and our responses to things. So yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and I also think that, you know, younger women tend to judge based on those categories that we just talked about more than older women. Um, I'd say like, women past 30 have learned a lot more about life that they know that some of this is just bullshit. Like the load size, the like eight inch dick, the like have to last 45 minutes. Like, I mean, I think when you're past 30 years old, like you kind of learned like, Hey, like I can come within five minutes right? With like certain position and I guide my partner and I'm focusing on him and I'm really attracted to him. So like, why does it have to last more than 15 minutes? Like, you know, unless that's the intention, like, oh, we're going to do like tantric sex. Like, okay, we're going to take it slow. We're going to do some pump and dump. Like we're going to like, you know, do some penetration, they stop and then do some massages, cuddling and then penetrate again. Like then we, you know, play with the session. But typically like when you look at the research, how long do women really want men to last is like 10 to 15 minutes. But then the narrative is you have to last for hours. Right, <laughs> and if you listen to music, pop music, rap music, you'll see they talk about these things when in fact it's not true. But yet we, why are we learning like sexual educational stuff from rap music? <laughs> or yeah, just any social source like that. Could you buy a right. really, good point, really good point? Like after 30, we don't really have time for that. Like the no. post office is only slow from like one to two. So I don't have <laughs> time to spend 45 minutes. Like I got you know, lunch break. I got to get the fuck out of here. Let's not yeah. spend 45 minutes beating guts. Let's just get this shit done and get out of here. Cause we got to get the grocery. <laughs> like, yeah. Something I didn't really think about is life is like when you get older, it's too busy to spend that time, you know, listen, right. listening to rap, rappers tell you got to beat them guts up like Hulk Hogan all day. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you heard all the sayings. I miss that. She could say you're fucking it up, but you know. Yeah, seriously. And it's, uh, it, it's so, it makes people anxious, I think, subconsciously. They listen to this music and they think, oh, it's all fun. And like, you know, oh, like turn it up. Like we're, we're all enjoying the music, but like sub- subliminarily, we're thinking, oh shit, like that's the kind of performance that girls, like women expect, right? We don't expect that. <laughs> Very small amount of women would say that they want to have penetrative sex more than 30 minutes. Like yeah. straight penetration. <laughs> I don't, I honestly even, I honestly think it's like not even like possible to have straight penetration for one hour. I don't think it's possible unless you're, I guess if you're on Viagra. Yeah, I think eventually you probably is kind of sore right. tired out. Like think yeah, about it. Yeah, then you first, get sore. You, know, you get super if, sore. If you're a guy who likes, you know, you know, butt stuff, anal stuff, are you gonna want somebody's hand in your butt for an hour? Like that's that just sounds like you're really stretching out and really spend a lot of those muscles. Dude, one time, one time I dated this guy for like just a couple months. He was really into anal fisting, but like he wants me to do him. Uh, and he <laughs> wants me to like wear those gloves and like put my whole like arm in it. Like you were his puppet master. Yeah. Like, me, me, me on the inside. <laughs> like by glove, do you mean like like the ones they used to inseminate cattle with where like go down <laughs> past your past your elbow? That's what I I'm thinking know. now. Dr. He Carr told me he like, has no gloves. Glove. 
And he like showed me a video of his previous, the person he used to date or have the casual sex with that did it to him. And he's like, yeah, this is what I want. Can you do it? I'm like, you know, I appreciate you talking about this because like I'm all about talking about sex, but I am also all about boundaries. And I actually don't know if I can actually put my whole arm into your butt. Like, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I actually don't know how I would feel about that. I'm down to put like a finger or two. Like, that's hot. That's sexy. Like, I'm down to massage your teen. I'm, I mean, I'm even probably down to, like, eat your ass. But, like, I can't do the whole arm into your butt. I don't know how that works. But anyway. I was going to say, if you, <laughs> at least at the end of it, you would have experience. So if you need to fall back on a job, you can get a tired of the arm and just throw it in the cows. <laughs> I do. I do probably need that one more bullet point on my 16 pages resume. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tara, the puppet master. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, back to anxiety. I think that you know the older men get, like what's what's the average age for men's health uh, listener? Um, so our demographics, I would say, are between like 25, 26 is where it starts. And then we cap out at like 52. I think that's okay. like really our wheelhouse. Okay. And our podcast, our Instagram is about 60% men, 40% women. <clears throat> Excuse me. And our podcast is about 85% men. Um, and then like five between, and then between like 5% and then non-disclose. So 5% women or non-disclose are like kind of the other, or not five, 15%. So 85 men. 15 women non-disclosed so interesting so like i would think in that age demographics of your listener like men that are 35 and younger are experiencing sexual anxiety the most okay and then older yeah. men especially those that are in a relationship they don't experience sexual anxiety as much but but what they do experience is sexual frustrations oh yes Okay. Yeah. Men past 35 years old have been reporting like experiencing sexual dissatisfaction and frustrations for a long time. Right. Yeah. Well, that could be just because of health. And like, I guess they say that like 40 is like the age that kind of disease and things start to set in if you haven't really you know taken great care of yourself. Um, so I, something that you said previously kind of spurred a question. So now let's say someone's experiencing sexual anxiety and you're a partner. Mm -hmm. How can you comfort them and then kind of maybe help soothe that? Um, or just like if somebody prematurely ejaculates instead of being like, oh, God, this guy blew his load. I got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. How do you like comfort them? Is there an opportunity for, you know, um, a, I guess building oh, another, like another sexual channel there? Yes, 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 yes. I love talking about this because I think like, you know, this sexual communication can really like make or break the situation. Uh, number one big big no is to say what's wrong like yeah. if the if your man loses his erection or came early I think the worst thing to say is what's wrong like what is he gonna say <laughs> like like, let's see, like, think about it, right? Like, you guys, okay, let's see, we're having sex and you, like, you know, Cam, you lost your erection. Now your dick's soft. Pat, you're, uh, you came in three seconds. And I'm saying, what's wrong? What would you say? I was, like, I was staring at Pat's dick and it kind of <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, oh, I was looking at Cam. I forgot what we were doing. Oh, hey, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Cam is pretty sexy, but uh, yeah, right. I mean, what the the fact that that's the most common response that young women typically have for guys that lose their erection or can't get an erection or come fast, like what's wrong? Um, is it's devastating because like what are they gonna say? It makes a situation like very uh, a lot more embarrassing than it should be, really. Because you know what, losing an erection um, and or coming fast is kind of like not getting wet. Like we women feel embarrassed too when right. we're really into a guy and we're back at the apartment, we're making out, and then like he reaches his hand down and damn, boom, my Sierra. pussy's dry. Sahara, Sahara, yeah, Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, like that's embarrassing too. You know, like we don't like that too. So. To use empathy really is the my number one tip in how would you respond or how can you communicate with a partner who has sexual anxiety is use empathy. Like, would you like them to say, what's wrong? Your pussy's dry, what's wrong? Right? I think it's uh, very hurtful rather than like, you know, um, should we use lube, right? So for men, I would just say, uh, suggest an alternative. Like, Ooh, can you finger me? Because honestly, for a lot of women, if guys, if the partner is good at fingering, and that's a whole conversation, good being good at fingering is very, very important. But like, if the guy is good at fingering, like that's as good as a dick. Like he can make you come like really hard with his fingers. So how about focus on me, finger me, so I can come multiple times the night and we'll, you know, call it off and we're just say we had a great time. Right. I, think I think it's important to have that, uh, to have that positive mindset like you're saying, because yeah. if, you know, if, that, if it's on the other foot, you reach your hand down there and it's dry. That's also a chance for busting out some oral. Right. I mean, it's not like the night's over. Right. No, not at all. Uh, but I think again, going back to watching porn uh, when you're young. Um, so for those of you listening, if you're a guy and you're 25, you're pretty young. Uh, you might, have a sexual encounter with a girl who goes like, like, what's wrong? Or like, oh my God, like his dick's so small or like, oh my God, his load's so small or he can't even keep up. Um, just remember she's young and she doesn't know any better. Like she just hasn't learned how to communicate with empathy. Well, I think a lot of the issues that what you're discussing too is if you're not empathetic to the partner, that's just going to perpetuate more sexual anxiety. So even if they don't bring it, like, let's say that sexual encounter, it's a deal breaker. You're not going back to that. Well, mm -hmm. but the next sexual partner that person has, they're going to think about the last one yeah. and how miserable it was and how questionable it was, and then question their ability to perform in X, Y, Z, like whatever manner again. Mm -hmm. And I think that one, in one of those situations can really create a perpetual issue that would be a very difficult cycle to break. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's a good summary. And, you know, that's the truth. The truth is one negative experience can fester into a much more, um, a much longer struggle that a man experiences throughout his life. Maybe the one time when he was 21, he came in three seconds and his partner was laughing and she's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, uh, all of these like embarrassment can really stick with you and like, 
you live with it for a long time. And unless, I guess, unless you've worked on yourself, see a therapist, journal, do other, you know, positive psychology activities and practices, um, it would still live with you. So I kind of want to circle back to our first conversation about sexual anxiety. And you were saying the side effects and then what are some ways to overcome it? And I said, disclaimer, these are some things that you will have to do regularly. Um, and uh, in terms of sexual anxiety, I think men and women alike, the number one um, factor that can help them feel like more sexually confident uh, is exercise. Is like just exercise and like taking care of your body. And it's, you know, I'm not saying everyone should be like skinny or anything like that at all. I'm just saying when you do exercise, and I mean, you guys know this better than me, like it releases hormones where you do feel good mm -hmm. uh, and you feel good about yourself. You feel, you feel accomplished. You know, you go on a treadmill and you ran for 20 minutes. You feel more accomplished than sitting on the couch all day, right? So I think this exercise, um, it's, it's correlated with feeling more sexually confident. Well, it even helps. I mean, from even just a physical perspective, we can talk yeah. quickly about physical and mental. Physically, yeah. if you exercise, you know, sex is very much so tied to your cardiovascular health. Yep. So you're strengthening the heart, you're strengthening the vasculature, blood is easier flowing and, mm -hmm. and perfusing more tissues. So you're just getting nutrients where they need to go. You feel better. The mental side, you're releasing endorphins, a whole litany of neurotransmitters that are just generally making you feel better. Mm -hmm. And so when you combine those two, you're physically ready to go. You're mentally ready to go. It is probably just a higher probability of you performing, mm -hmm. you know, at a, at a nice level that is pleasurable for both that person and their partner. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's why when I uh, see a client, uh, a male client that has issues with erectile dysfunction or um, issues with sexual anxiety, the first thing I ask is, do you exercise regularly? Because yes, there are other psychological practices like positive psychology things that we can do. But number one, I have to know, do you exercise regularly? Because we can be meditating and journaling and doing other things, but you don't exercise, it's not going to work. Oh yeah, because you can think about it all day, all you want. But that pipe's right. clogged up. You're not going to fix it. <laughs> exactly. God, can with all the comments, man. Sam's <laughs> a wizard. Yeah, I I feel like you should just like quit pharmacy and become a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> we had a we had a rotation together, and we it was when we were on your podcast. We had a rotation together. And we sat in that office and just like whipped it back and forth the whole time. <laughs> there was a resident in the office next to us. And on the last day we had to be like, sorry for all the stuff that you heard. Oh. It was like, you just, <laughs> you heard us just like whipping it all day long. <laughs> oh my God. That video about breathing through, through your nose to get a hotter <laughs> dick has so many views. My, wow. it like blew up my TikTok and also food to eat for a better erection, like blew up my TikTok. It's so good. You guys Amazing. need to give me more like medicine stuff to share, like more <laughs> stuff <laughs> that you know about the dick. You got to tell me more to share, <laughs> but basically, you know, going back to, yeah, like it, Yes. Okay. It's a, it's a psychological issue. And like, yeah, I, I experience um, anxiety in general. Da, 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 da. Okay. Okay. Good. Like I understand your problem and I have suggestions, but first do you exercise? Um, 
I mean, yoga, stuff like that, like flexibility, agility, like all of these things are, can make you feel really good. Uh, but then, okay, let's say you are, you know, a healthy person that exercises, you don't overeat, you have a pretty healthy lifestyle in general, you don't smoke too much. Now, let's look into um, why do you feel all of this sexual anxiety? And I'll tell you right now, the majority of young men that have sexual anxiety is because they watch porn and they think that they should perform like that and they can't, or they like, they're like, I, I can't perform like that. Right. Um, so then we go into what are some, um, mental health practices that allow you to feel more and more sexually confident each time. And there's, lots of research that shows uh, that sexual meditation reduces sexual anxiety significantly. Um, so sexual meditation is the first thing I prescribe is <laughs> sexual meditation, start doing sexual meditation and really just really focus, really try to put the effort in really commit and do it for a month and tell me it doesn't help. I disagree because I know if you do it every single day for the whole month, it would. So what exactly for our viewers that are unfamiliar, what is sexual meditation? Is it something that you do with a partner? Or is it something that you do alone uh, mm -hmm. in preparation? Yeah. So uh, you can do it solo or with a partner. So I just, if you have a partner, I suggest just kind of mix it up. Uh, sexual meditation is like a regular meditation practice, uh, but it focuses on sexual thoughts, uh, sexual sensations in the body. It focuses on the genitals and just uh, like, yeah, feeling your sexuality. Uh, I have the guided sexual meditation on YouTube. If you guys want to go there and check it out, there's a five minute one and a 10 minute one. And I always tell people to start with the five minutes one, because we have to feel accomplished after, because that's like basic positive psychology is when you start doing something, do it gradually start with a small thing. So you finish it and you feel good about it and you keep doing it. Right. That's why like, you don't just go start running a marathon, like you run for two minutes on a treadmill, right? So the same thing is if you've never meditated or you've only done other kinds of meditation and you're a little hesitate, uh, hesitant about sexual meditation, do the five minutes one, it can't kill, right? Do right. the five minutes one and try, see what's up. There's a research lab that looks at um, the effects of sexual meditation in an experiment and it does show uh, reduced sexual anxiety and increased sexual arousal. So there's data behind it as well, not just some woo-woo stuff in which I like. Right. So it's National Sex Day. So I'm going to um, give, the, I'm gonna give the five-minute one a whirl. Yes, my do the five-minute one. I'll do the five-minute one, but I'll also include the link for the five and the 10-minute one in the bio, if you don't mind, Dr. Tara, so our listeners can check it out. I would love that. Yeah. Awesome. And Thank so God there is a video because it sounds like when you hear sexual meditation, it just kind of sounds like you're sitting around in the dark thinking about fucking. And <laughs> like, without that guidance, that's all you're going to be doing. And you may be exactly noises ensue. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so then, so set another uh, opportunity to kind of talk about some things that might bring along sexual anxiety are mm -hmm. toys in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. uh, some men fully embrace them. Some men might feel a little intimidated and it, you know, it might go back to dick size where if you have, 
you know, maybe an average size dick and the girl brings out like, you know, the 12 inch hammer, um, you might be like, Oh, I don't know if I can compete with that. Or just like the, uh, the massage guns, right? I mean, nobody's dick can, can vibrate that fast. So how, as a man, can you kind of embrace toys in the bedroom? Uh, and, and I think like, first of all, knowing that it's going to help please your partner is probably the first, maybe one of the first steps, but tell us a little bit about toys in the bedroom and then how to maybe alleviate some of the anxiety that these like big drill machines, um, can cause. <laughs> yeah. So I think two, two ways to reframe your mindset is number one, your girlfriend or wife, they're not having an emotional connection with their toy. Okay. They're not going to go run off with the toy and leave you. Right. Uh, so again, like you have to prioritize the emotional connection that you have with your partner and, and know how strong and influential that is. And a toy is just an object. It's not replacing you in any ways. Does the toy go to the movies with me? Does my vibrator cook me dinner? Does my vibrator hold my hand when I cross, cross the street? Does my vibrator go to Christmas uh, with my family? Like, no, it doesn't. So, you know, know that your relationship is way more than just this particular like five minutes of sexual performance. Like your life with her is so much more than just that. So that's the first way to reframe the mindset. It's like the toy is not a competition because it, the woman does not have an emotional connection with them and there's no real life share life experiences. Uh, and then number two is to think about how the general sexual pleasure that the woman gets, the more pleasure they get, the more they're going to want to be sexual with you. 100% guaranteed. The more they feel set, uh, the more they feel pleasure during sex, the more they're going to want to be sexual with you. And that's like, that's the truth for, you know, all my girlfriends. It's like, yes, the the sex with my partner is good. The penetration is good. The foreplay is good. All of that is good when you throw in a toy and for majority of the times it's a vibrator and it's a small little vibrator. Uh, it allows them to amplify their orgasm, right? If you were thinking like the easiest position, okay, this is like what I'd like tell like Cosmo, the easiest position to have a compounded orgasm or combo orgasm is doggy because she can come from penetration and the vibrator in front at the same time. This is why whenever I do an interview and they're like, what's your favorite position? Like, docky. No taken. Woof, woof. All that shit compound <laughs> butter right there. Yeah, compound. <laughs> <laughs> Compounded <But>. interest. <laughs> <laughs> the way I like to look at it, so, you know, a lot of guys will have like a whole assortment of tools, right? So it's the same kind of idea. Now, yeah, you don't need the big old toolbox like, you know, I have, but like, I'm not going to use the same size wrench for everything. Sometimes I have to break out that 30 inch fucking breaker bar mm -hmm. and I'm damn happy. I got it sitting in that box. Yeah. And I <laughs> always figure out why like, it comes out. I can get the size comparison thing. I get that, but they make like cock sleeves and shit where you can throw that bad boy on just, you know, slip that thing on. And now you're packing <laughs> a 30 inch, like, <laughs> you know, no woman wants a 30 inch. <laughs> no one's a 30 inch. No. Like, if it makes you feel better, you know, keep it under the bed or whatever. Turn that will literally go through my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Graphic, huh? <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 honestly 
oh my god, just it's one of the most pleasurable things ever. Is that like, you know, passionate doggy with your partner and a vibrator on your clitoris, and like you come at the same time. It is so intense and so amazing that it makes me love sex. It makes me want to have sex regularly because it's so pleasurable and reliable. Well, not to get super, super scientific about it, and it kind of just to piggyback off a little something that you said is that when you please your partner, they want to be with you more. You're releasing those neurotransmitters, your oxytocin, your love hormones, and also you're not judging them for using the toy. And I think the judgment can actually, just based on what we're talking about, can cause some sexual anxiety on their end. Like, oh, now I have to use the toy to come, or they think that I have to use it to like enjoy my time with them. And while that's not necessarily true, I think that sometimes the toys can create insecurity, but they can also create really powerful, um, just great sex as well. Yes. And I want like, oh, I wish that all men can accept toys, especially a vibrator. I don't know, like a single female friend that like, I have a lot of female friends. I don't know one that even like owns a huge strap on or anything like that. It's usually a vibrator. And even that, that partner is like, why? What about me? Right. That's just your ego getting in the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tiny ass vibrator that helps with clitoris uh, orgasm. And it's great. So I mean, you should probably have your your girlfriends tell them like, yeah, but when you're hitting it from behind throwing back shots and I put (laughs) fucking shake master 3000 down there, my legs are vibrating. You're going to fucking bust, son. Uh, (laughs) um, I hope you made that a reel and I'll share it. Yeah, I hope you made that sense. particular five seconds of real and I'll share it. Gonna, but I'm, it's true. I was it gonna say shaking baby, experience. but I was like, that's not cool. <laughs> 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 that might be too much. <laughs> yeah, I do think that uh men that reject women using toys, it causes a lot of anxiety for women and resentment. Uh, and also it closes it closes down the opportunity for discussion. So, you know, when people are too afraid to talk about sex with their partners, it starts with something small like that. Like, why do you need a vibrator? What about me? It starts with something small like that. And it registers in their head like, oh shit, I can't bring up other things because I don't want to hurt him. I don't want him to be offended, right? And then then, like eventually you feel like you're walking on eggshells and boom, your relationship is over. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah, I mean, sex definitely translates to a lot of different things outside of the bedroom and where what can happen inside the bedroom can cause issues outside, even though they might not really feel unrelated, but that's a great point that you made just saying like, oh, now I can't talk about this and then walking on eggshells as well. Mm-hmm. Sex definitely affects life outside the bedroom. I've never seen a couple uh, that is extremely happy, like extremely happy, like inspiring couple outside the bedroom that don't have good sex. Cause I always ask them like, do you guys, how's your sex life? And they always say, Oh, it's amazing. Or like, Oh, it's great. Or like, Oh, I, you know, love having sex with him. Look at him. Right. Like he's so, he's so attractive. He's so handsome. So like typically when I ask older couples, like that are really happy that I see like being really happy and, and genuine with each other. I typically ask them about their sex life. Cause I'm curious. Nice. Yeah. 
So to kind of summarize a little bit as we wind down a little bit, let's kind of go through just a little bit of what we talked about. Maybe reduce the amount of porn you watch. If you do watch porn, watch ethical porn. Get the organic 100% ethical from Colombia. Yeah, mm-hmm. the cage-free porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to roam. We've got, you know, kind of try to change the mindset on the toy in the bedroom. And so less, less like maybe anxiety or resentment towards the toy, maybe a little bit more acceptance and just kind of, I would even say dive into the toy and like, see how you can experiment with it to enhance because your partner is going to break it out and it's going to be kind of maybe what they've done all the time. Mm -hmm. And now if you can experiment with the toy, they might find something new that they like even better. So Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity for some play there and for a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Exactly. All right. So last time we were on your podcast and you had the five quickies with Dr. Yes. Tara. And so on our podcast, we were so excited to have you on. We're going to have getting tag team by Pat and Cam. <laughs> <laughs> Always down for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Earlier on in the podcast. And we both, we, just couldn't hold up to your standards. So say, yeah, we kind of pulled on each other. We ruined it. Cam Cam couldn't get a boner and I came in three seconds. So we're all over the place. It's these um, blues, these steely blues just did you in. So yeah. three, three questions each. And Cam, I think you had the first question. All right. So first question up. Natural medicines for sexual performance. Yay, nay. Yay. All right. I'm about it. I'm about it. Natural medicine. I mean, give me some examples. So we talk about all the time, you keep using things like zinc, um, yeah. argentine, maca, maca. yeah, um, that's a big thing. Like Yohimbi and things like that as well, but less details, less that. On oh that. yeah. Take all the herbs, baby. Give me that hard <laughs> dick. Take all the herbs. Still with moderation though, because some of them can cause like liver issues. Okay. Listen to the pharma guys. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are okay. We'll okay. maybe make a post about that. You guys should probably make a little list. <laughs> <laughs> so premature ejaculation, a turnoff or an opportunity for more foreplay or round two? Opportunity, opportunity, a huge opportunity because you know what? That like first initial jitters, it's done. Like it's gone. It's out of his dick and it's gone. It's gone away. Bye-bye, bye-bye. So now it's time to like, hey, let's connect. Let's be playful because he's going to have, he's going to be able to have a hard on much longer than the time before. Uh, so definitely a big opportunity. Definitely slurp that pudding up and get that second win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, put a little like finger in his butthole. Who knows? Put a little parsley on it. Have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how about the combo start stop method with the squeezing method for edging? Ooh. Okay. I've heard mixed on this. Yeah. Um, you know, based on tantric practitioners that I know here in Los Angeles, it works. What do you guys think? Have you, have you heard any issues with like the squeeze method causing like, like, um, erection loss? Oh, no, I have That's not. The I kind of looked into is that, uh, I guess some data shows that like doing the squeeze method uh, where you squeeze it behind the glands of the penis causes some people to lose their erection. So some people recommend just doing the start stop, mm-hmm. but I still like, if you're still comfortable with it, that combo might get you that one, two nut. <laughs> I would say stick with start and stop. Yeah, that's the traditional tantric sex practitioners. That's what they recommend anyways. All right. Uh, Is the Mile High Club worth the membership? 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I met my partner on the plane. Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, we did not we did not have sex right away. Uh I I would have if I could, but <laughs> but we did not. But yeah, like I would say hell yeah. Especially like if you have established a really good relationship and you kind of know each other's cues, like go for it. Be a little naughty. What can they do? They're not going to put you in jail. True. <laughs> so, side question from that really quick. If you're in Denver and you're in Mile High City, is it the same as Mile High Club on the plane? Oh. Ooh, what does that mean? Like if you're on the plane, it's the Mile High Club, but like Denver's a mile above sea level. That's right. So is that whole city in the Mile High Club or does it have to be like in the air? <laughs> it has to be in the air. Okay. But I did have a one night stand in Denver and it was very orgasmic. So I wonder if it was because of that. <laughs> is that low oxygen content in the air? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My brain goes, there's no oxygen. <laughs> Bombing out, enjoying it. <laughs> so, Twinkie or Toaster Strudel, which one do you prefer to be? Okay, I don't know any of them. You know, I'm not like from America. Fair enough. So, yeah. Twinkies have the cream in the middle, Toaster Strudels oh, have yes. the cream on top. Yellow outside, white inside. It's yeah. not supposed to be about color. It's supposed to be about the location of the cream. But <laughs> really? oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. What was she the was like one? these racist motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't ask me American questions. What's I the think other it's one? like an, an in or an on question. Like a yeah. strudel has oh, the frosting oh, on top, and the Twinkie has the frosting yeah, in the, the middle. Cream location. Okay, okay. <laughs> I see. I see what you're saying. Uh, I am gonna go with. I'm gonna go with what's the one? What's the one that looks like a banana? Twinkie. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Twinkie. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with Twinkie. I think it's hot. It's actually uh, one of the categories of porn that I watch. <laughs> All right. And. <laughs> Interesting. <Cam's face. laughs> Interesting. I was like, I don't think <laughs> Cam's like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we talked about this before and, and you've expressed your happiness with this. Why should guys do yoga? Oh my gosh. So many benefits. So many benefits. Uh, guys should do yoga because guys that do yoga fuck better. <laughs> guys that do yoga are more uh, generous. Guys that do yoga are more patient. Guys that do yoga are more agile. Guys that they just, they move their hips better. Like guys that are, that do yoga just tend to be better lovers. And That's so there's my a personal testimonial. You're going to love this, Dr. Taran. We're going to shamelessly plug it right now. Join <laughs> us for Man on the Mat at Kodawari Studios. It is a free yoga class. Guys are encouraged to come. Ladies, it is free for you if you bring a man. So bring a man, or if you're a man, come and learn how to have sex better, according to Dr. Tara. Exactly. Hydrate Excite me. Yeah, hydrate for that because it's going to be. Hydrate. It is not ooh. a fucking joke. <laughs> and, oh, you know, couples yoga is actually very connecting. I think it's really cool. Very nice. Yeah, so we'll throw the link in the bio for Man on the Mat if you're in the Tampa Bay area on June 18th. Otherwise, Dr. Tara, thank you so, so much. Of course. Time out of your day to come and talk to us. It is always fun and is always <laughs> a pleasure to have you on. This was we an orgasmic conversation. I would agree. We we do it every time, but where can they find you at? Everyone can find me at lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S, lovebites.co.co. I am on, that's my website. And then I'm on 
Instagram for lovebites.co, TikTok lovebites.co. And then, yeah, pop in the link for YouTube mm-hmm. um, for the guided sexual meditation and have a little five minute of fun with me. Awesome. Well, <laughs> happy National Sex Day, everybody. Woo! Dr. Tara, you're the best. We will talk to you soon. Thank Always you. a pleasure. Bye.